it was um it was last July. It was last July I brought to your attention uh, as I was away and. Um, West Virginia and, and worrying about the, what I was going to share in the month of July. God put it on my heart. I needed to share with you what was going on at that time in, in the United Methodist Church. And I remember um, coming back at second week of July and sharing with you what a mess we are in. What a mess we're in. So today here, after all this work that we have, um, you have accomplished, and all the work that needs to be done yet on, on this journey that we're on, I thought to myself, um, I need to take a day today and say, okay, now what do we do with the mess that we have inherited? <laughs> and I suppose every generation has said that. Every, every new pastor you've gotten uh, and, and uh, been with over these past few generations that we know um, um, probably had to deal with the same the same things. There's always a mess going on, especially in the church, isn't there? It seems like there's a mess going on in other places. We know that, but it seems like it's highlighted in the church. And I want to talk to you this morning about, about the idea of how do we handle the mess and what do we do with it? Because I, I'm convinced that most of the time, the issues that we deal with are of our own making. So all these things that we're dealing with today are, are, some of them are on the outside, but most of them are inside this building, inside the FLC over there, at home, wherever we're at. You know, uh, we need, I say, to, I say to couples, and usually they don't like me, especially the guy afterwards, um, in premarital time that I talk with them, uh, I get to the point where I ask them about how do they handle their arguments. And usually it's um, always the guy's fault. And, uh, and um, he doesn't know it. <laughs> he doesn't know it's his fault. And, um, and, and most of the time it's the woman's fault, but um, she doesn't know it's her fault. Um, I, I look at the couple and I'll say to them, I say it's because they're all, every time when we look at it and say, whose fault is it that you're having struggles on your journey? It's always the other person. It's their fault. Right? You all with me? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're not, you're, I'm gonna, we'll blow this illustration here. <laughs> it's always the other person's fault. It's never mine. And I always look at them and I, I look at the guy first and I say, you know, any problems you have in your wedding, any times you have it, any problems you have in your marriage, any time problems that you have in your relationship, it's not your wife's fault, it's yours. And now he's, he shuts off at that point. You know, he doesn't want to hear anything else I have to say to him. And the woman's going, yeah, you're right. And then I look over at this lovely bride, whoever she is, and, and I look at her and I say the same thing. Anytime you have a problem in your marriage, anytime you have a problem in your relationship, anytime you're in an argument, it's not his fault, it's yours. And then he perks back up. He perks back up and says, oh, okay, now we're all right. But it, the gist of the matter is, is we can blame the United Methodist Church for this, this battle that we're in. But it's not their, it's not their, it is, but it's not. <laughs> we have to take on the blame, it's us, friends. And I think the reason we have to do that is we need to understand that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
Amen. Are you with me on that one? All, it says, not some, all have sinned. Um, and the wages of sin is, is death. And, and that's, sin is what has brought us to this point. Brought us to this point uh, and the um, um, problem that we have with sin. Um, if, if you remember that old saying, this is a perfect place for this. Sin, um, sin always takes you further than you want to go. Now, I, I, I sit here as one who would say to you, we are way past where I would want to go. Amen? I can't believe that we have to do what we're doing to stay in God's grace and in his, his will. Sin always takes us farther than we want to go, and it always costs a whole lot more than we want to pay. Amen? Are you all with me on that? You need to be because we have to understand um, in, our, in our realm we need to quit blaming others. And in this journey that we're on, we have to take our, our blame and say, God, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us for our part in this. Forgive us that we are in this position. Forgive us that we want, you know, we want to be in this position, don't we? We want to be in this position, and we need to be in, I think we need to be in this position. But the reality of it is, is that it's a mess that we're in. It's a mess we're in, and it's a hard one to get out. And um, uh, it, in this journey that we're on, it takes us to, to make sure that we go through the life changes, to become more like Christ. Our, our whole focus on, on my life on this part of the journey is that we just become a little bit closer to Christ. It's in 2 Corinthians, I think, a verse that I first remembered. If you want to write that down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Tremendous uh, um, statement that says something very powerful to us. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Now, in our journey, we're talking, you know, we've been up through this journey since, just a short journey since July, but in this journey of our life, I hope, and my mantra, my mantra is that every day I, I grow a little bit closer to Christ than I was before. And that's what happens here. Um, uh, and it helps us when we, when we, trust, uh, when we trust God, uh, when he says to us that the more closely we get to him, the less sin we have in our lives. I don't know about you, but... Uh, that's wrong in my, in my life. The, the more sin I see in my life, the closer I get to God. Um, but the, the idea, the reality of it is, is in that time when we see ourselves as that person who is at blame, then we get more grace. Then we understand what grace is all about and we understand what's going on in our lives. Now I want to read with you um, um, uh, a tremendous scripture in Romans chapter 5. Um, if we'll go there, okay. Romans chapter 5, in a, in a sense, says this to us. You know, I probably could forget everything else I need to say and just make this statement. Romans chapter 5, the first, Romans period, but Romans chapter 5, the first 11 verses, tell us and share with us this spiritual truth. And that spiritual truth is this. There is nothing, there is nothing in this world that you and I can do 
that would cause God to love you any less than he does now? Right now. Did you, do you understand that? There are, some people think that, oh, oh gosh, I've messed up. I've messed up and God, surely he can't forgive me for that. You know, we even think that God can't forgive us for the old ugly sins that we did. We think God can't forgive us for even the new sins. You know, we have a problem with those new sins that we do. You know, when we think bad about somebody out of the blue, you know, we think, oh gosh, they should, you know, I hope a school bus doesn't hit them. You know, uh, when we think those thoughts, God can forgive us. Uh, uh, let, me, let me say it to you. There is nothing, uh, high, write that in bold, high print. There's nothing we can do that would cause God to love you any less than he does right now. He loved you so much, didn't he? In this Lenten season, on this part of the journey we're on, he loved us so much that he gave us his son, whether you wanted him or not. He still loved you that much. And then if you listen to this 11 verses of chapter 5, if there's nothing we can do that would cause him to love us any less, then the opposite is completely true too. There's nothing we can do to make him love us more than he does right now. Did you all get that? That's Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 in a nutshell. Let me read it with you. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and I wish, I, I wish we, we had the, the um, energy, the time, and we could spend a couple Sundays on that verse right there. Okay? Through whom who also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character produces what we all need, hope, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, praise God. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Hmm. For scarcely for a righteous person will one die. Yet perhaps for a good one, someone would even dare to die, perhaps. Now, in the Hebrew or the Greek uh, New Testament, Koinonia the Greek, this is called a hina, but to God. Now, we should be walking around with that statement in our lives. But God, but God loved me so much that he looked past all my stupidity and saw me and loved me. But God demonstrates his love, his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hmm. Much, more than, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Hmm. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hmm. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
to whom we have now received that reconciliation. Mm -hmm. I wish we could spend some time here. But this is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks be to God. I'm telling you, friends, um, that scripture tells us that literally there's no way we can out God's grace. Did you get that? That scripture tells you and I that we can't out God's grace in our lives. So today I want us to look at this journey we're on and um, try to digest just three things. that will help us do what we need to do in a mess. Even in this mess, but any mess that you find yourself in, first thing we need to do always is accept God's grace. We need to accept it. Forgiveness is that free gift that we get. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. And it's something we can't imagine. It's a complete free gift. This world doesn't give that to you. Your your wife might not want to give you that free gift of forgiveness. Sorry about that. Your husband probably definitely doesn't want to do it, you know. (laughs) Your boss doesn't want to give you any forgiveness. He wants you to do it and not even get paid for it. (laughs) Your children have a hard time forgiving you. My goodness. Your parents, your friends, your enemies and especially people in the church. People in the church. Do you know, I said this to some people the other day, and um, uh, you know, there's a lot of problems in churches. And I know we don't have any problems, so I'm thankful for that. But you know one of the problems that I hear about, and I don't know how long ago it happened, but one of the problems I hear about yet today from some folks, not from many of you. <clears throat> I better move in case I like me. <laughs> Do you know you guys did the, the worst thing in the world when you, tear, when you tore that parsonage down next door? Anybody, you see, you see the reactions you guys get from that? I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I hear about that. Well, I'm not going to that church again. Every day. They tore that parsonage down. I'm there. I'm thinking, okay. And then in the same breath, they tell me that that was where you went to the bathroom many, many years ago. And in that same breath, they say it was the worst bathroom in the world. And you had to be in line. And if you were in line, really had to go, you had to push people out of the way. But it was the worst thing to do, to tear that place down. No, it's just a mess, you know. (laughs) It's just a mess. Uh, We don't want to forgive anything but God. There's that Hina. But God has forgiven us completely of everything. Just look in verse 6 there if you want to digest it a little bit more. He says, you see, just at the right time, just at the right time, um, that means just at the right time, I I saw the gift. While I was still, (laughs) still powerless, it says, still in my sin, I saw just at the right time what God had done for me 2,000 years ago, that Christ died for the ungodly. And in case you don't know it, the ungodly is me. The ungodly is you. Amen? Amen? Are you all with me? Come on, hang tight. 
Accepting God's gift of grace is, I think, more difficult. Um, the, closer, the closer you get to God and to understand his grace in your life, um, it's more difficult uh, to accept that grace. A friend of mine said to me, accepting God's forgiveness at, at, at my salvation was easy. It's easy to say, God, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. But then he says, when I've sinned in my life as a Christian, when I've sinned then, uh, accepting God's forgiveness is just a little bit harder, a little bit more difficult. And I looked at him and I said, why do you say that? And he said, well, for me, it constantly reminds me how, how much I don't deserve his forgiveness, but he's given it to me. I can relate to that, my friends. I can relate to what he's saying to me and what he was thinking. But Paul wants us to know that since we have been justified, it's in verse, um, verse 9, since we have been justified, justified by his blood, how much more then shall we be saved um, from God's wrath? Hmm. We need to accept God's grace. It's just a basic tenet. We need to accept it. And then secondly, we need to, to, after we have grabbed a hold of his grace, um, we need to celebrate God's grace for our lives. Paul uses in this 11 verses, he uses that word rejoice three times. Let me show you two of them. In verse 2, now we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And then in verse 11, he says, we also Rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ in whom we have now received that reconciliation. That reconciliation. My friends, we, we think that we can only celebrate when everything's going good. When everything is good, then we can celebrate. But I want to share with you what, what this verse is saying when we, when we hear this, that he's saying to us personally that we need to um, celebrate inside. We do, uh, the reason we celebrate up here is because everything is going good. We celebrate when everything is going good and we can see everything is good, our, our mind is good, everything is fine, but we don't celebrate when there, there are struggles. And Paul says that's what we need to do. In 1 Thessalonians, he says rejoice always. In everything, rejoice. Not, don't rejoice for what you're going through, but rejoice always in it. And I think that's a, a key a problem that we, we have that um, we don't grab a hold of, um, that we celebrate Christ so much. When I, when I was in, in Malone College, at that time it was still a Christian college. I think they call it a Christian school now, but there's not too much of it there. Um, you know how things go, you know? Um, but there was a, a whole section of Christian ministry people. And then the rest of them were there getting other degrees. But there was probably some 40 people that had put on there that they were going into some kind of Christian ministries. And we had a lot of classes together. And we had become great friends, tremendous friends. And, and, and um, we went through all these struggles together in, 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 in college and in church and in work and in home and everything. And, and um, we were having a rough day. It was a rough year, our senior year. And um, we were outside this classroom in a the hallway. There was, I think, a little over 20 of us. 
waiting for the class that was in there. It was a math class, uh, a high math class. Um, and we knew the professor pretty well. Anyways, I don't know how it happened, and it wasn't my fault, but things got out of control in that hallway. You know? And there was a lot of noise and a lot of celebrating. I mean, we were having a party, and we were only there 10 minutes, but we had all got together, and we were having this party in the hallway. <laughs> and, and when the hour was up and the door opened and all these kids came out, you know, and they're all looking at us like, geez, and Pete, can you hold it down, you know? And some comments were made and everything. And the professor came out. Finally, the professor came out in the middle of all these kids. And she looked at all of us because we were wanting to get in there because we had things we needed to continue to do to celebrate. And she looked at all of us and she said this. She said, I knew it was you Christians. <laughs> That's what we need, you know? That's what we need, folks. We need people to say, why in the world, in the midst of everything you're going through, are you celebrating? Why? Because of God's grace. Because of his grace and his pardon that is absolute and complete. When we make a mess of our lives, God, God's grace is there to celebrate it with us. Let me give you a third one. Um, not only do we need to accept his grace and celebrate his grace, but then we need to use God's grace. Are you ready for that? We need to use it. Use it. It's in verse 1. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this hope which we now stand. God's, in other words, God's grace has the power to see us through it. But we have to use it. We rejoice. The third thing that... Uh, rejoice that Paul says in this scripture in verse 3, we rejoice in our suffering because we know that that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character, praise God, produces hope. We need to use God's gift no matter what's going on. I, I want you to know, since last July, God has turned this ugly thing that is the world uh, wants to be ugly and, and controlling. He's turned it around and made it a good thing in our lives. Why? Because we've used his grace. Used his grace to overcome it. Perseverance there uh, teaches us that we can overcome anything. We can overcome anything, even our own sin, um, through the power, through the power that God's grace gives us. That's what Paul's saying there. When he says we can have um, character beyond our imagination, character teaches us that through God's grace, I can become, I can become that person, that kind of person that God wants me to be. I, I keep telling you guys, I'm an ugly, mean, hateful person. You need to hear that. I am. I, 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 I could go back to being that person in the blink of an eye. I could, I, literally, I'm telling you, I could leave this today and take off. And go back to that old world that I lived in. That's the struggle with what we deal with every day. If you, don't, if you don't believe that, think about it. I am a mean, ugly, hateful person. If it wasn't for the grace of God, my character would not be who it is today. Amen? Are you grabbing a hold of that? Do you, you need to grab a hold of that. If, we're, if, we're, if I would, if I, matter, matter of fact, I, all you have to do is ask Phyllis Ann. She'll tell you. Yes, he is. Because she's seen it. She's seen it. And I'm glad she's hung around for 52 years in the midst of all that. 
Praise God. Character teaches us that we don't have to be who we used to be, God, but God. Can make us become something a whole lot more than we think we are. And then hope teaches us that because and through his grace, he'll make me be that person that I really want to be. Because I don't want to be a mean, hateful, ugly person. Do you? We don't want to be that, do we? Come on. We don't want to be that. But the only way that happens is because we rely on his grace in our lives. So what do we do with the mess that we're in? We accept God's grace and believe he's here with us. We rejoice. I mean, we rejoice. What do we rejoice about? Well, if you don't have anything to rejoice about, anything else, rejoice over this. You own your building now. (laughs) Amen? You all should be standing up screaming, oh, it's about stinking time. You own your building. You don't have to talk to anybody about what you want to do with this place. You can do whatever you want to do with it. And I hope our choice is to make it a better place to reach people for the glory of God. Amen? We need to rejoice in, in, our, in that grace God has given us. And then we need to, to use it. And to use it means to say, okay, God, do your best to help us. Help us. Mm. Sense your power in the midst of everything that's going on. And allow him to take that which he says, it's in God's word, that which is meant for ugliness and let him, because we use his grace and not the world's grace, to use him to turn this around and it'll be a powerful thing. And you guys, you guys better get ready because you might need another service. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for that encouragement that we need to hear today. That your grace is much more powerful than anything else in this world. And help us, help us as a body and as individuals, help us to accept what you have for us in your grace that will get us through this time. Help us to celebrate, celebrate together. Help us to have those times that we heard this morning that were were times of celebration in this church years and years ago. And let it be that focal point today. And then, God, our prayer is that we would let you, let you turn this all around. Keep us in your, in your will, Lord, is our prayer today. We pray all these things, not so that we can become a better church, but so we can become a church that you can better use. We pray it in your son's name and for his glory today. And all of God's children said, amen. Praise God.